Our scripture reading today is from Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 to 14. For thus says the Lord, Only when Babylon's seventy years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then, when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me, if you seek me with all of your heart. I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Well, we welcome you today to our virtual service once again at Weston Park Baptist Church. We trust that uh, over these weeks this service has uh, been useful, the music and our time together, um, these reflections on the minor prophets, the prophets generally. And today we uh, finish this series on faith in dangerous times. Next week actually is the beginning of Pentecost, so we will uh, change our focus a little bit. And the question we really have been looking at is, can we sit with these days of COVID-19, not simply as a time to get through, but in some ways also as a time of opportunity? This is the question. Reading the signs of the times, Jesus says. So in this day, can there be some opportunity? That's what we're looking at. The challenge we face is that often, we are where we don't want to be, that little quote. We are where we don't want to be. And in fact, often in life, this is the case. Often we're imagining ourselves in different situations and don't really want and don't see our reality in the moment as the place we really choose. But yet that's where we are. And so we can be rolling around in the past or we can be rolling around in the future and miss where we are right now because we don't really want to be here right now. But if we adapt that uh, position, then it's very difficult to see ourselves uh, with any sense of opportunity. So that's where we want to go. Now, this is very similar. For our last time, we're going to go back to the book of Jeremiah uh, 29. If you have your Bibles, please have them ready. Uh, it'll be useful for you to look at a few of these verses. But Jeremiah's time, the people are going into exile. They're already going into that place. The first wave of exiles have already left. They are now in Babylon. And so at the beginning of Jeremiah 29, you can read those verses, that's what's going on. The challenge is that as they are there, there are other prophets in the country who are saying that you will only be there for a while, that it's not going to be long at all. Soon you're going to be back. It's like COVID-19. It's soon it's going to go away. It'll, be, it'll just be blown away. It'll be like some sort of dream. That's what's going to happen. Instead of recognizing that, hey, this is here for a while, and we need to be able to understand who we are in this reality, and the people of Israel needed to know that they are going to be in Babylon for a while. Indeed, 70 years. And so Jeremiah is trying to get the people to have a reality check, not to live in denial, but to know that, hey, this is where you are, so let's see if we can make this 
a time of opportunity. So with that in mind, we read some verses from Jeremiah 29, verses 5 to 6. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. So let's embrace our new reality, Jeremiah is saying. So the reality is, is you are there, your families are there, you're in Babylon now, a whole new strange place, strange language, strange customs, different foods. That is where you are and that's where you're going to be for essentially two generations. So let's not live in an illusion. Let's not embrace some sort of fantasy. This is our experience, not to live in denial. That's what the P Jeremiah is saying to the folks. Meanwhile, they're hearing this other story as well. And so when you look at the text, you notice there are four verbs in verse 5 that just say, let's keep drilling down where we are now. Build houses. Build your houses. Live there. Plant your gardens. Eat your produce. It means settle in. This is your new place. So let's enjoy this place. Let's make this our reality. Let's stay there. Embrace it, Jeremiah is saying in this statement. In Indeed, establish your families. Hear the language of sons and daughters and grandchildren. Multiply. It reminds us of the, of the first story of creation, for humankind to multiply and abound. And here Jeremiah is saying the same. I want you to recognize this as your place and multiply. Let's not mope around. Indeed, he goes on to say in verse 7, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on his behalf for its welfare. In it, you will find your welfare. That's an interesting text. Seek the welfare of Babylon. Seek the welfare of your new city. We're not into resistance mode. We're not trying to overthrow it. This is your place. So actually live there and contribute to the economy and the life and the culture of Babylon. This is where you are to be. And you do it, note, through prayer and through service. And so if you're looking at the other prophets, for example, the book of Daniel, Daniel is an example of the people embracing the culture of Babylon. And when you embrace it, you move into places of responsibility and impact. So Jeremiah says, so can we actually pray? Can we actually work for the benefit of our community? So that's what Jeremiah is saying. Don't live in a bubble. Don't live in a little church bubble, in your own little congregation, and that's now your reality. No, we are to make an impact in the whole community. Here we are in Weston. Our job is to be responsible and to make an impact for all of the people here, not just for the folk who call Weston Park Baptist Church their home. And for you, wherever you are, the same uh, thrust is there for us and for you to make a difference where you are. So can we make our reality a place of opportunity? And so the Bible gets at it in the Greek through two different words. I've heard this before, I'm sure. There's chronos, which is clock time, and there's kairos, which is the time of opportunity. And so in this COVID-19 time, we can embrace time simply as chronos, 
And if we do that, we just want to get through it. We read each day as to what the newspapers are saying and the broadcasts on what's going on, what's open new, are the numbers going up, are they going down, that's our chronos view of the world, and, and that's understandable at one level. But the Greeks understood that there's another sense of time, and that's the time of kairos, the time of opportunity. So it's not just clock time, let's get through this, but can we go deeper, can we drill down into kairos time so that we can see some new areas of impact, new ways that we can connect. So what as a church, what can we learn during this time that might continue to encourage us and fund us as we go forward for the next year, the next two years, three years, going forward, what do we learn? Not just the church, for you, for you and your family, for you as you engage your kids. You're probably spending a whole lot more time right now with your kids, your children, than you would if they're at school. So can this be an opportunity to engage and to experience them and for them to experience you? I bet you a lot of our kids are thinking this is the greatest time going. We don't have to go to school. We enjoy our parents. We get a lot more one-on-one -on -one time. This is a new opportunity. For us as adults, we have to work a little bit harder. So can we embrace it? That's the first point that Jeremiah is making. Paul picks up on that in Romans 5. Let me read a few verses, Romans 5, 3 to 5. Note what he says we can learn through suffering, through tough times. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. That's the text. We can move from suffering all the way to hope, to development of character. That's the encouragement that Paul is writing in Romans, and that's what we can also embrace if we see this also as a kairos time and not simply chronos. Now, having said all that, we move towards the next bigger point and where we really want to sit in verses 10 and 11. So he says that we can embrace this new day as a day of homecoming, as a day of hope, and so we can read in verse 10, For thus says the Lord, Only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. There will be a homecoming. We are going to get through this. We can live in hope even as we embrace our reality right now. Homecoming. And so for us here in our family at Weston Park Baptist Church, one of our dear brothers, uh, Renford Bailey, uh, passed away. A dear friend and beloved person in our community for many people. And, and this is a loss. But we do this and experience this with a sense of hope. Because there is homecoming. You leave from one shore, you get on the boat, and you cross the river, the lake, to the other shore, that's the homecoming, and we believe and know that Renford is already with our Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's our experience for all of us, a sense of homecoming. This is what Jeremiah is saying as they embrace their moment. 
And not only that, that God has a plan for you individually and God has a plan for the people. So we read, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. God has a plan. God has a plan with your name on it. God has a plan for you, for me. God has a plan for your kids. God has a dream for you. You are one of his beloved creatures in all of creation. No one is exactly like you. God has a plan for you, a dream for you, a calling for you. That is what Jeremiah is saying. And so the folk who are in Babylon, Jeremiah is reminding them, hey, you haven't been forgotten. God is there. He knows your name. He loves you. He's got a place for you. That's our calling, God's dream for us. God's care and love with your name on it, my name on it, your family's name on it. There's a song that's going on right around now and across the Christian world and it's called The Blessing. And it is a song which is from scripture of knowing and experience God's blessing on our lives. We have it up on our Facebook page. God's blessing. Experiencing his blessing, not just for you, but for your whole family. God's plan. That's where we have it. And then the verse that follows then is an invitation for us to engage that plan. Verses 12, 13, very important. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. That's the invitation. God has a dream for you, for me, and the invitation now is for us to engage it, to say yes to it, to open our arms, to open our hands instead of living with clenched fists. That's the invitation, to seek God, to know God, to love God. This is our job now, to reorient ourselves to God who wants to, to know us and for us to know him, to be in relationship with him. So can we embrace spiritual disciplines during this time? You have more time right now. Can you use it in a way, instead of just watching programs all the time, looking at magazines, but thinking and going deeper in your relationship with who God is and what he wants for you? This is our invitation. That's what Jeremiah is saying. Come to know me in a new way during this time of exile. It is interesting historically that the whole movement and development of synagogues in the Jewish faith happened during the time of exile. During this time when they're away from the temple, they start building these local synagogues where communities of faith come together and they study the Torah in a new way. A whole study of the Torah jumped forward in the time of the exile because they didn't have the temple to go to. So they were able to recognize this is a time of kairos. And so for us here at Weston Park Baptist Church, what can we learn for you and your family, for you individually? Can you move closer, seek God, know him, open your arms to him in this time? That's a beautiful invitation. And you'll note how this passage ends in verse 14. There's an emphasis on God coming to us and saying, if you do this, I will be there for you. So for verse 14, here are the first personal pronouns, I. I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes 
and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. I will do this. God is person relating to you and to me. We are in this dynamic together, person to person. I will bring you back. What it's saying is that there is always a opportunity for newness with God. There is a capacity for newness in our relationship with God at every turn, at every place, every point. You might think there's no opportunity now. It's all over for me. Too many screw-ups, too many mess-ups. There's no chance. And what this text is saying, no, there's always a chance. There's always opportunity because God's capacity as, this, as our prodigious creator is able to bring new things, good things, out of every situation, no matter how challenging they are in the moment. God's plan for us, an invitation for us, God's capacity for newness, that's where we are. I believe we have a slide there just before wrapping up those points of how, how God is doing his work in us. We hear those. And then I end with a statement from William Faulkner, great American writer of the 20th century, where he muses, it's hard believing, but disaster seems to be good for people. It's hard believing, but disaster seems to be good for people. COVID-19 is probably and is a disaster, a disaster on many levels. But even Faulkner recognized that good can come out of that because it shakes us up, shakes us up out of our routine, causes us to reflect and go a little bit deeper. And so as we finish this series, living our faith in dangerous times, we have this opportunity to go from Kronos to Kairos to open our lives up and be open to his plan for us, for you. And we do all of this in Jesus' name. May we look to Jesus. Faith in dangerous times, look to him. We pray in his name. Amen.